hello, hello, and thank you for joining me on Heron's Home Podcast. This is your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you for joining me. So let's go ahead and jump into some topics. Yeah, it's been, uh, it was an interesting week. Uh, I've been kind of preoccupied watching the coverage of um, the, the, the caucus, uh, the Iowa caucus, but I don't know why I do that Fire to myself. I don't no know why no I do that. Caucus. Yo, fi- yo, man, I ain't a no man caucus. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, but um, I don't know why I do this to myself. I engage in these politics so fervently, watching with bated breath, as if this shit is not already fixed. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, we it was an interesting week, nonetheless, following that so far. But uh. Yeah, let's start off with uh, the other entertainment viewing, because <laughs> that is absolutely not entertaining viewing. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, last week I talked about um, Picard and um, Electric Dreams, which mm-hmm. is the collection of Philip K. Dick sh- uh, stories that was made into a, a, a series of shorts. And uh, so I haven't watched anything else beyond those two yet, but I'm going to go ahead and get my spoiler alert now because I want to go ahead and do a deep dive on them. I'll start out with Picard and... That was extremely entertaining. I'm very much looking forward to it because uh, one of the things that I had not uh, kept up with in Star Trek is the the culmination of what happened after Next Generation because I stopped with Next Generation. I watched Deep Space Nine, but those were pretty disparate. They weren't yeah. they weren't um, connected in the timeline yet. But um, in Picard, they talk about a lot of what happened. And I was unaware of how deep the Star Trek storyline is. And so it was it was great uh, seeing it wrapped up really well in just that first episode alone. And so, um, yeah, just uh, it looks like Picard in his advocacy for the artificial life forms, uh, I guess opened up a window for some of the androids to commit a terrorist act unwittingly. And so he has is actually thought of very negatively in the world now, which is crazy because Picard has always been the great captain, you know, he's yeah, the good guy, like the you know, everyone's always rallied behind him. But in this series, it seems like he has, he has to work his way back into the good graces of society again. And so, um, yeah, it was just really entertaining. I I love the action because that was one of the things that I thought Star Trek always lagged behind in was just the action. I mean, the special effects were there, but the action always was. I was I mean, not a fan of like Shatner and the, like I didn't think that they were doing it too big. I never saw the Shatner one. The only Star Trek that I really saw like um, uh, I started with Next Generation for sure. Like Picard is the um, one I started with, and then as I got older, Voyager was my shit. But I never really kept up with too many of the other ones. Yeah, Voyager was good too, and I did watch. I didn't see. I, I didn't mention Voyager because I didn't see the whole series. And and honestly, that's one thing I did like about those the the Star Trek series was that you know there there was a, a story arc like with all the filler in the middle, which you saw in the premiere wrapped up at what happened in the in the finale, and so it was really interesting to watch like how they developed those story arcs over multiple seasons, and so. Yeah, I would I would have liked to get more into Voyager, but I did not. But yeah, Deep Space Nine and Next Generation were my shit. 
Yeah, I saw a little bit of Deep, Deep Space Nine just because the captain was black. You know how it goes. Nah, but he was also you dope as goes. fuck. And he also had a fresh-ass crew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, I really enjoyed that one. But um, anyway, uh, back to Picard. Uh, they do talk a lot about that um, and how the ramifications of his actions in society. And what I love is how Picard is a G about standing on it. Yeah. I he saw stands up on to, it. Um, after, up to, I think, like the first commercial break before I had to do something and I didn't end up getting back to it. But I did not like that reporter at all. But I do like how he, he held his ground. But and like I didn't like her because she was very good at playing a reporter. Cause she that is no that is exactly how I want my reporter to come at him. Because she came at him, she she had the bias and she was challenging him, and she challenged him to give good answers and he gave good answers. Absolutely, you know what yeah. I mean. And th- that was one of the things I think I mentioned last time is is like um Patrick Stewart is smashing his performance and everyone else is doing a good job, but they're just not doing that. And so it is kind of doing Patrick Stewart. Nah, they, they just can't bring the Royal Shakespeare Company experience. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> the man is ex- exactly he is he is trained and skilled beyond beyond measure. So. Um, yeah, he's doing a uh, a great job, and so I, I love some of the concepts that they're pushing in terms of you know the rights of living things because I think that and I, and, I, and I I think I said this before as well. I'm really glad that science fiction is broaching these topics because it's very important that we get it in like we have to engage it in this fictional environment first. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because it's going, like, it's going to be a thing. Yeah, the it's, AI is getting ridiculous. And, and I mean, even just the the AI in terms of becoming sentient, it's probably still a long ways off. But we need to respect these things. We need to respect, you know, the same way you respect, you know, something that's dangerous. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Same way you respect a gun or nuclear weapon. You respect those. You, you handle those with extreme care. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't ever want to make light of them. The same. That's the capacity that AI has because I agree. it could be just because of the way our society is situated. It's very likely going to be a weapon for us. <laughs> naturally like re, naturally. either we time and time again the first thing you do is you try to fuck it and then you try to to kill someone with it and then mm-hmm. you kind of disseminate it to the public to see what else they want to do with it yeah it's like they you know they, they they either turn it into something to 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 just make you uh like make you happy or or you know uh just kind of stimulate you mindlessly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or they're going to use it to try to create a weapon of war. And then it gets disseminated down to us, which sucks, you know? But I, I'm pretty sure if we develop AI in our current paradigm, social paradigm, that we're going to have to worry about first, we're going to have to deal with people utilizing it in a destructive way. Yep. Then we're going to have to worry about people abusing it you know, in, doxing in AIs, doing all manners of things, and I would rather that we entertain these things in this in this fictitious environment first, so that when it comes to to light, hopefully we have a more nuanced vision of it. Mm-hmm. Because if not, ooh, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be real bad. <laughs> but yeah, people treating um uh, new AI technology like the internet, just being like absolutely flippant with it. 
and then five years find five to ten years later finding out what a horrible idea that was absolutely and then god forbid and see this is the thing is that if we know that we're on the path to creating these things and allowing them to get sentience we should probably not abuse them on the way there <laughs> but how are we going to create skynet if we don't first because abuse the problem the is is like sure this is a new creation but it's going to have access to historical records and and it's going to find out what you did to, to to get to where it is today and and if it's sentient it, it might not like that yeah it took ultron about four seconds to do that you know what i mean like it's 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 not so far-fetched that if we make something that is a image in the image of our own psych psychology because if it has intelligence it is the byproduct of a psychology then it's probably you know gonna come to similar conclusions yeah prone to the same uh, thought patterns without the restraints of a, a physical body to give a fuck about exactly yeah so yeah I, I really thought that that was that was cool um the the concept behind the androids um because uh, after the the um and uh the synthetic life terrorist attack that i mentioned before they banned synthetic life it except for i think I think they call them photonics or photonics, which are just uh, they're AI with projectors. So they don't have like a, a real physical body, but they're projected. They're holograms. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty cool. So that's the only kind of artificial life that they allow now. But um, evidently, there are still androids out there. And so, yeah, oh, of course, no. they're seeking Picard as their savior because he's always advocated. He's oh, always been the cool. only human who's advocated for them. That's pretty cool. What's oh i don't know that's an interesting um direction though it's good i liked it i, was, it I didn't cool. know where they were going with it I, I do like that but um what's really funny is like i love how they went quickly to banning all synthetics like humans don't also commit terrorist acts oh come on come on <laughs> we know how this goes we've seen this story before yeah but that uh yeah i get you but i don't know it seems it definitely was pretty dope from what i saw and uh, he has a dope dog. Yeah, number one is yeah. is, is husky looking. That dog yeah. looks like he's can put the business on somebody. Yeah, I was watching this one show. I, I don't remember which one it was. I, it was terrible, but it was it was I think a show in the UK. But they had these Irish Wolfhounds, mm -hmm. hundred and forty pound dogs, but not like that's ridiculous. Yo. The dog was as big as me, like literally yeah, as big as me. Like I'm like 185 right now. Like, yeah, I would not G, want a dog the, that's the like... dog's shoulders were like at their above their midsection. Good. Um, I mean, at that point, it would be kind of cool to ride that dog though. To oh, well, I mean, just to have him as my G. Oh, I don't want to ride. I'm good. Yeah, just just have my back. Just have my battle back. hound, son. Nah, give me a battle hound mount. Let's go. Well, a battle hound mount. Yeah, I mean that does sound awesome. That does sound vaguely awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Picard is a hit. Definitely check out Picard. On to the next uh, show I've been watching, which I thought was very deep, very worthwhile, and highly recommend, which was Electric Dreams. I think last week I, I referred to it as Dreaming of Electric Sheep, which I think is a <laughs> reference to something else. But um, the show is on Amazon Prime. It's called Electric Dreams, and it's a collection of Philip K. Dick short stories made into uh, uh, cinematic shorts. And there's 10 of them. I'm going to pull out a couple of them that I think hit on some really interesting topics. But the overarching theme is that it's a dystopic futures 
Um, I'm not sure if it's a shared universe or if they all take place in different universes, but um, yeah, they're usually varying degrees of futuristic from, you know, just slightly in the future to very, very far into the future, but they all represent certain um, social issues that might come up uh, in the future, uh, mainly based around reality, identity, um, a lot about human rights, uh, security, safety. Um, so all of these are, are themes that pop up in differing amounts throughout all of the, uh, uh, the episodes. But, um, yeah, oh, it's, it's very entertaining. I mean, it, it, it's like Philip K. Dick was, was addicted to plot twists. <laughs> But unfortunately, he didn't have the attention span to write very too much on a single topic. So he's pretty much like zero plot, all twist. (laughs) So he's like short form M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it's a lot like this podcast. There's no context for the shit that I say, but clearly there's deep thoughts going on. Yeah, that's exact. That's Philip K. Dick in a nutshell. And he was very concerned about the encroachment of, of government on your private life. That is a underlying theme in most of them, and it's really interesting because um, at the the last episode gets real dystopic, like real dystopic. I mean, man, it was scary, but it, it's also prescient. It's also it's also right there. It's also looking at a very close future, a future that's really really not far from where we're at right now, and that's the part that I think that makes it hit closest to home. But um. <clears throat> There was a there was an episode uh, titled Autofac, where in the future this giant AI controlled factory uh, survives after the nuclear holocaust and continues to pump out product. Is that the one with Janelle Monet? Is that is Janelle Monet? Yes, yes. Okay, I I didn't. She, you were she like did that a great lady looks run. familiar. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly <laughs> what I said. I was like, she looks super familiar. But okay. But she did a great job. But um, yeah. yeah and so, I mean, gosh, talk about twists on twists on twists. Yeah. On twists on twists. Yeah. Yo. That one was pretty good. I remember that one. It was yeah. really good. And um I I love how this one uh the the heavy theme was industrialization. You know what I mean? Like this one, the AI single-mindedly goes forward with the industrialization plan that it was given to the point where it starts to manufacture the consumers that it's then shipping to con- its its goods to be consumed by. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh, let me say this much. After watching these and looking a little bit more into Philip K. Dick work, the Wachowskis totally ripped off the Matrix. <laughs> they totally ripped off the Matrix. They totally ripped off the Matrix. Every concept in the Matrix is pretty much taken from a Philip King Dick novel and just put into a single shared story. They, they, all of those, the ideas of the, of, of whether you live in reality or do you live in a simulation that was taken straight out of Philip K. Dick. Um, the idea of, of the, um, the technological singularity happening mm-hmm. and the moving of consciousness from body to body straight comes from Philip K. Dick. Um, there's so many of the concepts because it's like it, it's not like he was just some underground writer, right? 
he was an extremely popular writer, especially mm-hmm. for his time. So it's not like they can say if you liked sci-fi, you ran into his work. So mm-hmm. it's not like they can say it just flew under their radar and I they mean, never read I, it. I'm sure. I'm sure they've alluded. If you've noticed that, I'm sure somebody else has as well. And it's very common for writers to readapt work for new mediums. You know, I mean, that's very commonplace for art in general. It's it's yeah. It, like Banksy said, good artists borrow, great artists steal, or some shit like that. But it's it, it, art is basically just the reproductions of one person's thoughts over and over again in new mediums with new ideas. See, I don't, I, I don't, know, I don't know if I would describe it like that, though. I, I would say that the outcome is similar, but I think that we as humans have a shared experience. And what art is, is our experience or our expression of our individual experience. And it just so happens that as humans, there's not that many experiences. We think that there are, and we like to tell ourselves that our experiences are vastly different from each other, but they're <laughs> fucking not. And that's why art can resonate be, you know, across you know, demographics and, and so in socioeconomics and all of this shit is because it art is an expression of something that's raw inside of us. And so you don't have to steal that. It's just it looks like stealing sometimes when we have a shared experience and we choose to express it similarly or sometimes a nigga's stealing. You know, sometimes people do steal. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. but um. I wouldn't want to say. I, I think Banksy was being a bit hyperbolic when he said that great artists steal. Oh I no, it, that, not uh, at all. It's very, it, it's very, very common for there to be multiple or stealing. But then I wouldn't I suppose, say that they're great artists. The reason I, I suppose stealing comes with a natural negative um, connotation to it that would make you like reel from it, mm-hmm. but it is. It is very common for like one artist to do the same topic in their own style, but it's oh, still yeah, the yeah, same yeah. topic. Oh, okay, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, but, it's, I, it's but I wouldn't say thing. that. I would never describe Prince as, as stealing anything. I, I just wouldn't put those words with him because he's a great artist. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, there's just some people I wouldn't. That I would I would be reticent to say that. Like that's why I said it comes with a natural yeah. negative pejorative with a negative connotation when I use the 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 word steal. But that that is it really varies from person to person. The an adaptation and a ripoff. You feel yeah. me? That varies by purpose person to person. And a lot of times it's like how close you are to the subject itself, whether or not you view mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. as theft or as well, and I think that, I think a derivative that, or, or I think because that line is, is so easily blurred that like art, like real artists, they take certain steps to kind of, you know, alleviate that. You know what I mean? Oh, Whereas sure. like Absolutely. if Prince is going to, and I'm just going to go back to that because he, he's just one of the the greatest raw artists that I've ever known. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Prince, Multi-instrumentalist. Prince was, like, he's, his he's music absolutely prolific. Every day. Mm-hmm. That's all he ever wanted to... You know what I mean? And and so I'm sure that if he ever was inspired by somebody, there was there are steps and things he would do to, to bring them into the fold or to make that artistic contact genuine. Absolutely. And, and that's also, the difference between cheating, stealing and, and, and ripping off, I guess, or uh, borrowing and, and stealing. And also, that line is also very, very different based on the art form itself. Mm. With music, mm-hmm. that is, it, it's like uh, stealing is very, or borrowing or inspiration. That that line is very, very blurry. blurry absolutely, yeah. But with like um, something like written words, it's, it's ideas. Concrete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So 
don't know. Like that's why I hesitate. Like whenever people are like, "Oh, that guy ripped that other guy off," or stuff like that, I always hesitate to really view it that way because mm -hmm. it's it's not really ripping off. Like the, it's very possible for you to come to the same chord progression as someone else without mm -hmm. ever hearing their music. Absolutely, there's a finite amount of them. But you know, that being said, when it comes to media and like stories and shit like that they're always redoing that so yeah it could have been a direct ripoff but, you know. well and 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 not for nothing there was something artistic about a the way they chose to put those pieces together and b the cinemagraph uh, the cinematography that went behind the creation of the matrix so not to say that the wachowskis didn't do anything i'm just saying mm -hmm. in terms of the story they it they, looks a little close and and it's cool like like if you're a painter you don't make paintbrushes, so you got to go to a store to get paintbrushes. I feel they might have used that story as a tool to get across a a a a movie experience that they had wanted to get across, but didn't have the proper story plot to to do it, and so they were able to build it with the pieces that they bought from the Philip K. Dick store. Mm -hmm. Which I can I can dig that. But yeah, there's a there was a bunch of other good episodes too. Uh, there was one called Safety First that was hella uncomfortable to watch. I don't know if I saw that one. That's the one where the, there's the mega city on the East Coast, and if you don't want to live in the city, like if you don't want to live under the constant surveillance of the city, you have to mm -hmm. move out west to the bubble town, the bubble cities. Yeah, and so. There's a lady who's a delegate for the bubble cities who's going into the to the main city to go talk about legislation. And so she goes to the city and she brings her daughter with her because she's going to be there for a year. And her daughter, she enrolls her daughter in a public school and all that stuff. But the school is like hyper propaganda. Like, first of all, they give you this wrist thing that is like a holographic projector. So they like you do all of your work and stuff on it and you know, your textbooks That's load to it and all that stuff. But it also monitors you and you like everything you do. That's not dope. Everything you do is monitored by the government. And so her mom's like, and so the people who don't have those, like the thing is, is that they can't, there's no law saying that you're required to wear one of those. And so people who choose not to wear one of those are treated like the scum and dredges of society. That has, um, that that's actually happening right now. They're trying to uh, ban companies from putting chips in people for yeah. that very very reason yeah but so so the comp so the mother is a diplomat and she's talking about legislation to regulate the company that makes these bands so the daughter goes to school all the kids are ridiculing her and stuff calling her a terrorist because in the school they tell the kids that everyone who lives outside the city is a terrorist even though there's never been a terrorist attack they literally tell them they're terrorists and they they, they run drills where like spot the terrorist and it's just a bunch of regular people and there's like one person dressed like somebody from the 70s and like they're the terrorist yeah, That's shit was crazy. Funny. But anyway, so the kids convinced the girl to get one of the bands. And so, you know, one of the, of course, the black kid can show her the illegal way to get a band without her mom knowing. <laughs> and then, um, so she gets the band. And of course, they're monitoring. The company is monitoring this. It's, it's a, still a surveillance band if you get it illegally or not. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the heads of the company are media literate, like, oh, yo. This bitch who's fucking trying to get us shut down in the Senate, her daughter just ordered a band. So then they had one of the guys start talking to her and convincing her like that her mom is a terrorist. And so 
they're like the only way for us to stop your mom from blowing something up is to prove that she's a terrorist but the only way to prove that she's a terrorist is if if there's a terrorist attack so why don't you commit the terrorist attack for us and then we'll catch her because we'll be able to link her to you that's hilarious and so she does it all the while it's the dude at this company who knew that who she was who targeted her and is making up a bunch of shit and so she turns on her oh it was so uncomfortable to watch them you know what turn that her. reminds me a lot of either last week or last time you mentioned that people were getting blackmailed by rings in their house yes it's That's just like that, that reminds me because because she because they gave her the band and she didn't realize that it was someone from the company she thought it was tech support talking to her and it was just a really nice guy in tech support and then he's just getting more and deeper and deeper and telling her to do crazier and crazier shit. So, Until now, he's like, why don't you build a bomb and bring it to the school? Don't worry. You're, the bomb won't explode, but it'll look like a terrorist attack, and then we can arrest your mom. And I'm like, whoa! Yo, that's lit. How did the fuck did you get there? This is why you got to have good relationships with your, your kids. kids. Yeah. Otherwise, somebody might be able to or if you're not gonna, Turn if you're gonna choose not to you. put them in public school, don't start to put them in public school. Yo, <laughs> if you're gonna choose crazy. to homeschool your kid, just just homeschool your kid. Putting them in public school like late in life probably won't be good because you will not have built up the resilience yeah. to the bullshit that happens mm-hmm. in public school. You know what I mean? Because yeah, if your kids only live with you, then they probably don't know that a lot of people are liars, even if they're not yeah. intentionally oh, they're all liars. lying to you. And and it, and, it, and it's not because it's because people don't have a relationship to their words. They don't lie to you on purpose. They just they speak in a way to express something that's inside their head, and what's inside their head is delusional. So they're expressing to you very truthfully their personal delusions, and and it's hard to teach that to a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kids are very blunt and open, yeah. and they don't realize that they can fake shit. You know what I mean? Not yet, at least. And some kids learn it earlier than others, but it's like, yeah, if you don't build up resilience to the kind of stuff that goes on in a public school you probably don't want to just drop your kid in there Thanks. and expect them to be good especially when they're telling their kid that you're the terrorist the the, the school was like yeah everyone from the bubbles are terrorists and she's yeah, like but i'm not a terrorist rough. and they're like yeah you might be a terrorist like it's it was crazy like, no, oh, oh and then and then this was the freshest lie of them all they 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 told the kids that the terrorists can activate other terrorists that don't even know they're terrorists that's pretty hilarious through through like certain chemicals and stuff so they can so they can have somebody who's planted and all they need to do is put something in the vents and the 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 smell could could, i'm like that sounds like some bullshit like i was like how gullible are these kids hey if they're they're in bubbles perfect allegory i love it these are kids in the mega city they're they're told that about the people in the bubbles that the the terrorists in the bubbles are that skilled that's funny but it's like yeah yeah you do know that they willingly live outside the city right like if they if if they were if they wanted to live in the city so bad they could just come no one's forcing them to live out there they choose to live out there so if they, you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. would they come back and be terrorists? Like, no one's, you know what I mean? Like, the very logic behind the it's, alienation of the people in this, the bubble cities is crazy. That's fun. That's why critical thinking skills is important, because they Super do important. shit like that now, when it's like, it really doesn't, like you said, it doesn't pass the smell test. Like, they'll tell you shit, and you're just like, I don't know if I believe any of that, really. Or I don't know if any of that aligns with reality. Yeah, it's just like, but it, it's because it's, you got to take you got to be able yeah it's the critical thinking being able to take the the thought like two or three more steps like hmm you're telling me that everyone's a terrorist because <laughs> because you're telling me that, they, that most of them are terrorists and don't even know they're terrorists but you let them into the city right 
Yeah, a lot of times when they could instantly activate as a terrorist at any moment, you're crazy. You, you're obviously so. Lying. Another yeah, because based on that logic, they'd be able to take over a city at any point. So what the hell are yeah. they waiting for? They would have it in. They 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 have like five dozen bubble cities. Like if they were that fervent about it, then they would all just get together and blow you up. Like that doesn't even make sense. That's funny. I like that. That's crazy. Um, I think the only other one that um I saw was the one with Terrence Howard and Anna Paquin. That one was pretty crazy. Yeah, yes, where that was the first one. Yes, yes, that was episode yes. One. That one was real interesting, man. With the, <sighs> with the mind, yeah. Well, let me crazy. just say this much: if you ever, if there is ever virtual environments created, and we can somehow interface with them. All I got to say is, is that there has to be something that says that you cannot create an AI that can convince you it's real. <laughs> the AI always has to tell you it's that AI. It's fake. Yeah, absolutely. It always has to tell you. Absolutely. Like, there's no circumstance in which this AI's programming will allow it to tell me that it is not an AI. Because that was fucked up what that AI did. Yep. That was fucked up. I felt so bad for her because... I was. She had me convinced. Yeah, like convinced. (laughs) They they put you in a loop long enough. You're like, wait a minute. Which one's the real one? Yo, at one at one point, she was like, "Come on, I'm a super hot lesbian cop who kicks ass. (laughs) This has got to be someone else's fantasy, right?" And I was like, "The flawless logic. Oh man, (laughs) logic. Yeah, those those stories are really well done. Those stories are really well done. I've only um." I'm pretty sure I've only seen the first episode up to um, the Mega City one. But it sounds like a lot of these other ones are pretty dope. Might have to check them out. Yeah, bro. And then the last one called uh, Kill All Others. That's crazy. It is crazy. First of all, imagine North America unites into one country called Mexican. Mexican. And it is ruled by a political party whose slogan is Yes, Us Can. Yes, it's can. God damn it! And the party—it's the uni—it's the uni party system, and so well, there's one candidate mm-hmm. that is elected. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, the future got real stupid. Future got real stupid, and um, it was crazy because like as they, so she would be giving these talks or speeches or whatever, and she just like half-assedly throw throwing like yeah no no no. And we always have to remember to kill all the others. And then just keep on going. And then there was so this that's one the guy. God bless America. No, no Well, it, I, I don't know. People weren't taking it seriously. The public was so pacified that it, nobody noticed. And the one person who was actually paying attention to what she was saying, because the public had been pacified by the amount of platitudes they had been given. Like, literally, like, it had, it's like it's like this country in the next couple of years you know what i mean like where just people are like i don't fucking care stop talking to me just leave me alone don't even i don't care i don't care i don't care <laughs> does it work is there gas in the gas stations is there food in the supermarkets is there super bowl happening then i don't care that's pretty much the the the, the stance that everyone takes and so the one person who's like trying to pay attention and be an active citizen catches it and he's like yo did you hear them say that? They're going to get roasted. It's over. The uni party system's going down. And just nobody is giving a fuck. And it's slowly driving him crazy. Like, he just can't take it. And it just keeps on coming up, popping up in more and more places. And then they put up a billboard outside his job that says, kill all others, with a fucking dude hanging from it. And it's just like, 
Who, he's like, yo, have they even told us who these others are? Like, <laughs> what is going on? They keep saying kill all others. We don't know who the others are. We're supposed to be just killing these people. People in the street are attacking other people, saying that they're others, and other and the people are just watching them like, hey, there are others. So what? That's crazy. It's and it just descends into madness. And I was just like, whoa. I they feel ended like the cautionary that. tale. That shit was crazy. It was really well done too because they. Like the guy's just living his life. He's just a dude who works in a shop, and you know who? It's uh, it's crazy. The guy who played um Easy E in, in Straight Outta Compton was in that episode, and also all of these episodes are acted by amazing actors and actresses. Hundred yeah, percent. Um, the couple that I saw were like, I I saw them like probably over a year and a half ago, um when with Jeff in the in the living room and um. Yeah, I, I think I only got to the first two, but like, yeah, I really got to go back and. There's a lot of really good up. ones, and and like the social um, discussion, the discussion of technology. I mean, obviously they're not having a discussion about it, but the, if you engage the show, it's a show that's highly engageable. It's highly engageable because, he, as I said, it's all twists. So yeah. you you're always trying to figure out some kind of and you know that and and when somebody writes like that you could tell that the author is trying to tell you something absolutely so it doesn't feel and it's fruitless so consistent to, to engage in his in. work too yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. like fucking Blade Runner and shit oh gosh so good that is it, it, it's, yo real quick I was watching this thing on YouTube with Jeff which was just it was 3D scale representations of various just like fictional locations mm-hmm. but they were put in like it was just like it started from the smallest one so they did like you know the pineapple and spongebob and just like the buildings you know yeah. fictional buildings and then they did like you know the 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 hobbit hole and the shot and these are 3d model rendered That's so it's like cool. on a just like a gridded background but it's panning and so but it just keep getting bigger and bigger and i mean the facilities that they showed but they showed mega city in in blade runner was one of the structures that he modeled and it was nice. fucking massive and you saw it in scale to so many other things it was really cool but anyway sorry yeah i might have to go check that out that sounds pretty awesome yeah just put 3d models in scale in youtube and it'll probably pop up but no, I was just saying that it, you can you can see it in Philip yeah, K. Phil K. K. Dick's is work. A, he's a thinker. Yeah, it's, it's very consistent. He also did A Scanner Darkly, which was a great movie. I never saw that, but always heard great things. You got you gotta watch that one. That's just another one. Like it talks about substance use, talks about the police. Excuse me, the police state. Talks about um, ideas of identity. Like he clearly was struggling with these things and was doing everything he could to create a nuanced discussion about it but it didn't exist because can you imagine i i'm not 100 yeah, percent sure to. when when but it's got to be at least 20 30 years ago he wrote these yeah. minimum and and i'm not saying that definitively but um i mean can you imagine trying to have these conversations 20 30 years ago? yeah like trying to explain to people like all of this when your your mind is just so much farther ahead than everyone else and it's crazy because like nowadays you pitch something like that and the, and and this is why I consider Marvel movie cinema because now we can picture these kind of things so viscerally. When I when someone tells me, "Oh yeah, it's it's uh, a movie about you know uh, you know spaceships in space with crazy galactic backgrounds <laughs> and massive structures and planetary bodies," I can picture that shit. You know what I mean? That kind of cinema, that kind of imagery never existed before, and there is value to that. It 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 is aesthetically pleasing. It, it takes a skilled uh, performance to display. It, you know what I mean? Like I can't, yeah. 
I can't imagine why somebody would, it's not like it's, it's not something that I can imagine somebody would look at that and say, Oh yeah, it's, it's trash. Like, <laughs> come on. Sure given, it, even it if it's not a genre you too. like, it is very, very skilled and, and artistic in its representation. But, um, <clears throat> sorry, I don't even know how I got him. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for Marvel to, for displaying those, those, those kind of things, uh, to us and, and opening up the world of cinema to having these kind of, science fiction representations widely available because i'm sure that those a lot of why it's you see these kind of high special effects going on is because marvel made it cheaper for everyone else to do it in utilizing these these uh these models people learn how to do that yeah you know they, what i mean um, they Part definitely of, kickstarted the uh the aging thing yeah the show, there you go sure. now you see that shit everywhere mm-hmm now you see that shit everywhere. Apparently, they had like a. They even invented a, a slim down version for the Irishman on Netflix because they. Um, he said he didn't want to see any of the technology on screen, so they sort of like or in in the um in the thing. Yeah, in the in, the in the shots. So what they did was they had like three cam. They shot with like five different cameras and put them all together. Did the editing and post, and it's so yeah, just just by putting that one little thing out there just by putting that one little thing out there it's it's become much more prevalent hopefully that entices you guys to check it out but uh i thought that it was a really really good watch um uh, electric dreams on amazon prime check them out but yeah moving on let's go hit up some some social topics actually i wanted to start out with the with one that i think is uh, I've mentioned it a couple of times in the past couple of podcasts and I want to, I really, I really want to, uh, kind of just bring to the forefront something that Joe Budden put out there, which is like a call to arms for podcasters to kind of not get, let's not get fucked like musicians did. Let's not get fucked like most performers do. Like, I mean, I don't have anything of value right now to to really bring to the table, but I have all faith that this podcast will will be uh, something that will proliferate. And when it does, I definitely want to be involved in that conversation. And and that's why I I do things with a certain ethic behind it. You know what I mean? That's why I want to make sure I have something of value before I ask people for money. I want to make sure that you the time that you spend here is time spent with us, not time spent listening to me talk about something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so once I have built that rapport, then maybe it, the, 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 the podcast podcaster, you know, audience relationship will evolve, but I do that purposely because I want that to be something that exists in the podcast realm, you know, similarly to how you grow with an artist, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want that to be part of the story of how this podcast uh, makes it. And so in that, in that air, I also understand his, uh, his desire to, Hey, let's organize before it gets bad. It's a really good idea. It's a really smart idea. It's a really, uh, and, and it is probably self-serving for him, but I'm not mad at that. Not at all. Because you know what I mean? I the- hope that he could be a better gatekeeper than the ones before him. Yeah, because very often and very common, like you said, that's just what they do. They realize the potential of the product right away before the people making it do. And then they, you know, they figure a way how to distribute it 
and give the actual person who created it like five percent and then tell them that's the best they could get you know what I mean? and that's the thing is is that when you're doing this shit for free that you, of course you're going to take that five percent that's the thing yeah, you know what i mean like because you love it for i sure. do this i do this because i want to you know what i mean i don't accept you. you guys for anything and so i don't you know what i mean i i I do this because I genuinely want to to get some of these ideas out there and entertain people. But that doesn't mean that I should accept a valuation of what I do for less than what it is genuinely worth. Facts. And so I, I'm really glad that Joe brought that up. You know what I mean? I I, I will always consider Joe one of my OGs when it comes to this. You know what I mean? He did. He did a, a a ton in inspiring me to 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 get up and running. So I really appreciate him doing that, and I hope that this conversation is is one that's fruitful. I hope that it's one that I could be a part of as well. But yeah, just what? moving on from Start that. Start a podcasters union. Yo, I'm what? What? I have experience starting unions too, and unionizing, and organizing, and speak. I'd be I'd be so down. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of why we need this. Mace was uh, putting Diddy on Blizzass for being a fucking hypocrite, and see, and that's the thing is, is that this is so. Just to give a little background on this topic, so that we could be a little bit more plot and a little bit less twist. Um, Mace is a hip hop artist from the early '90s who became very popular with Puffy. Um, I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought Mace I told you that we won't stop. Uh, and. Puffy gave him a very usurious deal. He exploited him to the maximum, which was technically Mace's fault, but he was young. I think, I, I want to say he was 17. Damn, really? He, he couldn't be more than 20, but he was very young. Um, and so, when you're young and you're hungry and you love the celebrity, you take it. And that Especially is on him. And I can understand why, why Diddy would for a long time not be interested in selling back his publishing to him. Damn. But at this point, Diddy could Diddy Diddy don't need Mace's publishing. Unless he has a uh, uh, an issue with with Mace and he doesn't want to give it to him cuz he's mad at him for for retiring while he was in contract. That I could understand, but don't go in front of a bunch of people and start talking about how we need to stop uh, we need to start making for ourselves and stop caring about the Grammys and care more about what black people do. Black people teeth off just as much the next man. Yeah. You know, you know, like Diddy, you can't even reasonably sell him back his publishing. Yeah. Just out of just out of real nigga shit. Just out of you know what I what I don't understand is why black people don't teach their children. That grace is powerful. When you get all of that, the most powerful thing you could do is show grace to somebody who fucked you over. Because the strength it takes to show them that they can no longer affect your life in any way to such a degree that you will sacrifice some of yours and you can still be that far ahead of them is a potent, potent force. And the fact that the richest people in in the african-american community have zero grace just fucking but they, they got they got pity and empathy for niggas in jail but they have no grace for the people who might have wronged them 
just it just shows me that this community has a lot we might have solidarity in large part but we'll always have solidarity as peons we'll never have solidarity as as a powerful group you know what i mean because we don't keep any of our economic value we don't treat any of our people with deference we don't you know what i mean like when are we going to stop talking about black excellence and just do the fucking right thing <laughs> just do the fucking right thing if he can't fucking pay you as much as you want for it, put him on a payment plan. It's royalties. It's going to make money. Split the, the royalty over time, but give him, but don't make him wait till he's 50. Come That's on, man. Funny. Come on, like, bro. I thought they were friends, but you know. <laughs> no, they weren't. They, 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 I don't think that they were friends ever. Um, I think they were, they did business and you're cordial to people you do business with, but it's like, come on. I get it. P P Puffy. You're right. You, you own it. You have no reason to sell it to him other than the fact that he's an artist and he created that and you've made countless millions off of his back. Could you at least, you know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. it's, it's like, yo, if there, if that, if you want me to look at you as a leader and as a strong black man. Yeah. You can take your foot off his neck now. I'm just. I'm pretty sure he's not gonna get back up again. I'm you like, yo, the nigga clearly doesn't have all that much going on if he's still looking for his old fucking publishing. You know what I mean? Like, yo, he needs something. He's and 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 you don't make someone prostrate themselves for you if they need a fucking favor. Like, why does somebody have to debase themselves in front of you just to get the favor that they need when you know they need the favor and you know you can give them the favor? It's like, come on, yo, that's. I don't like that. I don't like that. It is. It just makes me feel like he's like. <laughs> it, it, it's so exploitative. <laughs> it's like yo, my G, Puffy. No one thinks you're poor. Actually, I think you're very fucking rich. So why are you telling him to match what the white dude gave you? <laughs> he's not the white dude. He's the nigga who made it. I don't know, man. That shit just fucking angers me, dog. It is because he was so young when they took it from him too yeah you know what i mean that was the best of him and you took that shit and not only did you take it but you just you ain't gonna let him see nothing ever from it because by the time he's 50 i'm sure you're gonna find some way to claw that shit back <laughs> nah nigga you still owe me you didn't you never finished out your, your, your what you owed me after retirement or whatever yeah no nah, i'm i don't like that but that's in that just goes back into why I'm really glad that Joe is doing something to organize young or early podcasters because not all podcasters are young, but people who are generating this this uh, this form of digital art um, so that they could be they could be represented in a meaningful way because boy man they were long dicking these artists back in the day. They I mean they still are. Shit. Yeah, they are, but there's no reason for it these days. Cause self publishing is so big. Like none of that existed back in the True. day. Like you really didn't have a lot of avenues to blow up if you were trying to self publish. Absolutely right. You know what I mean? Or even just find out. Cause you know niggas are secretive. You know, people weren't just telling you the secrets of the industry, like, oh look, look, watch out for this and don't don't fuck with this guy. He's touching people or you know what I mean? Like nobody was doing that. So you gotta, you gotta really like, I, I have, my heart goes out to those guys today. There's a, a lot more empowerment going on. Um, it's becoming a lot more obvious, you know, 
and and there are actually people you can sign to to your best interest nowadays. Yeah, you can sign. Well, I mean, if you're talented enough, you could sign. Try to get signed by a TDE or try to get signed by a Dreamville. Now, mind you, yeah, it's long shots, but <laughs> you have as good of a chance as trying to get into the NBA or the NFL, and less of a chance of dying. Hopefully, no, no, I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what those statistics are, so don't quote me. But but yeah, so. I just wanted to touch on that uh, Mace vs. Diddy because I thought that that was just I thought it was a disgusting show of hypocrisy on Diddy's part, especially after all he had um, gone through with Mace. But um, yeah, in New York, there's actually a really interesting uh, uh, movement going on. And I think it's been going on for a little while. It's called uh, Free Fair New York. And I want to shout out uh, one of the activists I saw in the program on Democracy Now. Her name was Mars. But they have... I can understand their point where the train is a the train is a public service. It generates it 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 had it takes in most of its revenue from taxes. So it's paid for already. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, we need to privatize the, the metro or something. You know, the, the the metro runs five with fine with its with its current allotment and if it needs more money they can always they can it's always go to the city and get more in the money. budget for it. Yeah, yep. it's in the budget. So why they feel it's necessary to charge fare to people is ridiculous. Because somebody's double dipping. Well, not just that. It's a way to segregate the population. Oh, tell me more. Well, if you're poor and you can't pay the fare, you cannot go anywhere. You will stay <laughs> in your neighborhood and go anywhere that's walking distance because to own a car in New York is fucking prohibitive. So... It's a way, and then <clears throat> by lowering the fare, it, lowering the fare is just a divide and conquer tactic. So by taking the fare from, if I can't afford two fifty, one fifty ain't better. The difference between one fifty and two fifty when you're poor is n- there is no difference. It's mm-hmm. all insurmountable, mm-hmm. and so all it does is it peels off up you know middle class people away from the fight. To say, well, it's one fifty. Come on, they're working with you. It's reasonable for you, but it's not reasonable for the majority of people who need to ride the subway. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so she did a great job of of really pointing that out and and showing how um how the train fares is just one of many many ways of segregating the population, uh, forcing people to stay in their neighborhoods, not allowing people to to expand out because. If you're in a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of good employment opportunities, yeah, that's the first thing I was thinking is transportation to work. Yeah, it, it, it's it's hard. And we all know that most companies don't want to pay people a livable wage. So no, no, no. Having no, no, to no. travel to get to it, yeah. good employment is very, very plausible. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a regular thing. Yeah, so I just wanted to point that out real quick in the social section because that's a that's a huge one. And if it's if you live in New York or you're interested or you, uh, I would highly recommend looking up uh, what's going on there because it's something that's going to end up coming to coming to other transit areas. But because New York is just a testing ground for things that'll happen in the smaller metropolitan areas, and it would be a shame if well. San Francisco BART is a separate entity, but any metropolitan area that has its its um its transit done internally will will uh, be looking towards this to see 
Well, is a no fare plan really a way to go? If New York could go no fare on its subways, then there's no reason why any other city can't can't find a way to budget their taxes properly enough to run their transit system. Uh, I've heard them discussing that same thing for L.A. as well, actually. Boom. I'm, t- I'm telling you that it's a thing. So, yeah, yeah, definitely keep your eyes out. Like you said, the fare is already funded. The buses are already paid for and all that stuff. So that makes sense. Man, and then you, you got Hong Kong shutting off or, or trying to petition to shut off access to mainland China from uh, from there, which would be interesting because then that would even further prevent them from bringing in troops. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get why Hong Kong's doing it like because it sounds hella racist. Like, oh, you guys all have coronavirus. Don't come here. <laughs> but they're really saying it because what they're trying to do is stem Keep the, the influx from, of Chinese police yeah, uh, forces through. from coming into Hong Kong. Which, hey, play your thing. Yeah, I, I really, I, my, I am really uh, rooting for the people of Hong Kong. Me too. I think that their self determination is is very important. They've and been through a lot. They've been through a lot, and and I think that uh, they, it, it's it's really important as just a symbol in the world mm-hmm. to to kind of push back that author, authoritarian yes. uh ideology that's be that's pervading a lot of of, of the larger um superpowers i like that they're strong people keep fighting yeah. that's what's up yeah and then some other entertainment news i wanted to go ahead and just send out um a big shit on a complex i really fucking hate that that company i really please don't consume anything that they produce tell me how you really feel curry Nah, complexes are the worst type of culture vultures it's a it's a nest of culture vultures it's a bunch of people who are trying to suck the life out of out of hip-hop um to their own benefit like they want to they want hip-hop to die and they want they're vampires they're culture vampires (laughs) They want to suck all the life essence out of hip hop, and and they will promote toxic people, so they can drink the fucking revenue from the fans, and it's fucking sickening. And I would, I hope that anyone who's hearing this podcast would stop consuming their media because it is harmful. Their latest endeavor to fucking put six nine on a podcast is fucking revolting yeah. to me. I can't believe that they would even like why well I know exactly why because they know they can make money doing this because children will always click on things with bright colors and this fucking idiot has bright colors all over his hair and his fucking teeth and so he, he can generate clicks from children and for some reason our society feels like you should pay people who can do that and so Complex is fucking giving this dickhead another platform, <laughs> and I'm so fucking angry about it. That's funny. Uh, and and academics is trash. Deska is epic trash. Wayno is trash. Damn. Fuck all of them. I don't ever want to hear from none of them niggas, dog. For real. Damn. Nah, because yo, nah, you gotta stand for something. You gotta stand for something. And I and I get it. Wayno does a lot of other things, but you gonna be on a. You're gonna really sit there and let them promote this man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's you? I can't. That's I, your man's? I, I don't see no way to defend that, really. Nadeska, Nadeska knows that she don't got no connection to nobody ever anywhere in the streets, so she has no other, nowhere else to go but to Complex. Nobody else in the industry cares to have her around. And so she's there because she has nowhere else to be, and they will empower her to be, you know, a tool to bring credibility because of her skin. But... <laughs> 
Wayno, I'm disappointed in that man. I'm really disappointed in him because he he's done a lot more for the culture. And I thought that he was going to try to be a counterbalance on that show the same way <laughs> Joe was. But when they started talking shit, guess what Joe did? Joe said peace. And I would expect that a manner of integrity from anybody who sits in that seat. But Wayno clearly, and I'm glad I stopped consuming that media a long time ago. Um, but Wayno did not show anywhere near the, the, the constitution that Joe did for that, uh, for standing up for what he believes in. Um, and so, yeah, for that, I send them a big old, <laughs> <laughs> get those niggas a nasty award as Joe would say. Cause that shit is, that's just crazy. Just to give a platform to somebody who's so despicable, who so openly represents everything wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, and, and not for nothing, I'll keep my ear to the ground. I won't listen to it, but I want to know, like, I'm interested to see if like, if this nigga tries to turn over a new leaf, <laughs> if he comes out yeah, and he's okay. like, yo, I was wrong. I was dead yeah, wrong. Okay. And I'm really sorry. No, so that'll never Terry happen. Cruz. Nah, 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 nah. all that suck. Happen. My dick is coming right back out. I'm so glad I know nothing about this dude, six nine. Or oh, that's his favorite. That's his favorite man. thing to tell people. Suck my dick. All right, bro. See how far that gets you. <laughs> I mean, he is going to prison, so it might get him pretty far. Well, <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, but yeah, let's just go ahead. Um, we'll move on to a little bit of politics before we wrap up today. Um, ah, this impeachment trial is is ridiculous. The, the arguments that Alan Dershowitz and Ken Starr made to close the 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 um, impeachment sessions um, or the impeachment trial were so problematic that I think that they might actually have to remove this nigga. Because <laughs> the problem is, is that the arguments they gave were that the president is infallible as long as he believes he has the country's best interest in mind. Oh, I'm gonna use that from now on. I like that. That is that is fundamentally, the court is fundamentally there not to let people do that. No, I'm pretty sure if I get so now over, if they let him off, that. they're pretty much they, like I will never vote again. If they let him off, I don't give a fuck about what happens in the election. If they don't, if they let him off, I won't vote anymore because it would be clear that anyone who I voted for would have carte blanche to do whatever, and I'm no, I would never vote to give any human being that power. <laughs> I would never vote to give any human being carte blanche power over the most powerful military apparatus to ever exist in the ever existence of ever existing. I won't do that. So I really hope that they do something other than let this nigga off with an acquittal because I can't have any faith if that is what they're telling me. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't in good faith have any on like any respect for the system that produces that. I feel you. Um, I and feel so sure. th that's so problematic. Mm -hmm. Like they made zero arguments that that he didn't do the things that they said he did, that they weren't with the intentions that they said that he had. And all they're saying is is that he can manipulate elections if he thinks that his his election is the best interest of. The yep. That's wild, my G. I won't vote. I won't vote in a system that is knowingly rigged. That means that they know it's rigged. <laughs> I mean, McConnell told you from jump what he was about to That's do. That's fine. But I expected that from him. True. These are lawyers putting forth legal arguments, which I thought had a higher bar than, than you know, congressional hearsay. 
I'm, I'm, I'm obviously wrong. I'm not rebutting you on that. I'm clearly wrong. <laughs> There's clearly no bar set for the height of which a, 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 uh, a lawyer, a lawyer's um, um, defense must reach. There is no bar that they must reach with the with their defenses, and so, yeah, it is it is a sham trial, and they made it a sham trial, and it, and, it, and it's sad because it, so much rides on this in terms of the faith that the people have in the politics that they engage in, and so yeah, just I just wanted to put that out. Um, I was watching the the, the Iowa um, caucuses for the Republican side, and evidently there's three candidates on the Republican side. There's Joe Walsh, uh, there's Bill Weld, and there's Trump. Can, can, I, I just want to ask you a question. I know you have no interest in answering it. What percentage of the vote do you think Trump got? Um, Six. Oh, for the for the Republicans? Yeah. No way. You think he got 6% of the vote? Yeah. He got higher than that? Trump is supported by 97% of the Iowa's Republicans. And this is what I mean. This is what I mean. They're they're just not. Yeah. The Republican Party is irredeemable. Yeah. They're not trying, really. It's irredeemable because either of those guys could could do a better job than Donald Trump. And he got 97. That's dictator level shit. That's dictator level. Like in any other political sphere, if you told someone (laughs) that you got 97% of the vote, they would tell you that you cheated. Oh, that's funny. In any other political sphere, they would have told you that you cheated. But Donald Trump gets 97% of the vote in a primary. And it's like, and you guys want me to think that you fucking are are in any way, shape, or form intelligent? <laughs> and you overwhelmingly voted for this idiot? And now that's, I'm not saying that they should vote for somebody who they don't, who they think might lose to a Democrat. But you, what is wrong with your party that you can't produce anyone better than Trump? Damn, that's funny. Why do you, that's really hilarious how much of an iron grip he has on the Republicans. <laughs> that's how weak. That is how weak the average Republican is. Oh, that, and then don't. And, and if I have any Republican lead or listeners, please believe me, you when I tell you the Democrats are just as trash. I'm not saying that the Democrats are some kind of bulwark. They're just less racist, and so that's the only reason in his bipartisan system that I would ever even side with one of them. But the Republicans are openly just not part of, they don't even understand the idea of the Republic. Like Republic doesn't mean like single minded, like seriously, 97%. You can like, I can get if most of them. I I get a majority. I get a super majority, but you, you're part of a party where 97% of the niggas believe the same shit. Yeah. It's especially when, there I wish they could see the look on my face right people, now. And between two of them, they couldn't get more than 3%. That seems a little weird, but, you know. It's crazy. Real quick, I wanted to wrap up. Um, I know I've been talking about the caucuses, and I just wanted to do a little quick rundown. So a caucus is something that usually is considered statewide in which a series of precincts, usually all of the precincts in a given state, will openly come out to discuss their vote for something like a primary. So obviously not all votes do you want to discuss your vote with everyone else with. But in terms of national politics, Iowans like to be united because most national politics happens on a 
by state by state basis. And so because okay. of this, many states, especially in the Midwest, still hold this old school caucus format because they didn't have access to Facebook and all these things to communicate. And so it was pivotal that to get the information out about candidates that people got together and spoke about it. Because otherwise, if you left it to the candidates, they would lie about themselves. So the people got together and decided we will talk about it and we'll come to a consensus among each other because we actually are not idiots and we can do that. You guys have a vested interest in whatever you're telling us. So we don't want you guys to be the only ones uh, campaigning to us. We want to be able to talk with our peers to come up with the best candidate. And so the caucuses were born. So each precinct will will get their caucus together and you know it's not like you know they're voting for a a a plurality of of candidates and so each precinct will you know take their votes they'll see any candidates that did not get 15 percent of the vote will immediately get be taken off and then they'll go to what they call the realignment phase so all of the people who were part of that percentage of candidates that did not reach the 15% threshold, which that could be moved, um, will then get to choose another candidate. And that's called the realignment. Um, you also have the choice to leave. You don't, I mean, because this is not the national election. This is just the primary election. Um, you could leave at that point, let your peers choose the, the candidate, and then just vote in the national election. Um, so at that point, each precinct does that. Then you get the all of the precincts will report. And then whoever wins the most precincts will get a proportional amount of delegates. And then so of the candidates that that remain after the first realignment and the second realignment, they you will uh, have the um, the percentage uh, calculated and then they will be awarded that amount of delegates. So Bernie Sanders out of a hundred. I mean, this is this hypothetical hundred delegates. Bernie Sanders gets 27 percent of the vote. He gets 27 delegates. <clears throat> and so forth and so forth and then they'll do that statewide and then that'll and then the person who comes out with the most delegates at the end of that statewide tally is the winner that's who the people of iowa will, will vote for for the primary and then the next state does the same thing and then, then that will generate a national consensus for the democratic party as to who their candidate will be and then they'll run that candidate versus the republicans the republicans have a similar um way of doing it now most states don't do caucuses anymore their populations are just way too high if you tried to caucus new york it would be absurd um but it is valuable because it gives a general air of where the midwestern states are and how well people are being received some of them you know iowa is very white so it doesn't really tell you much about south carolina and nevada which are then which are also early uh voting states but you know, it, it gives you a, an idea. Mm -hmm. And they managed to fuck it up royally this year with some bullshit software that they tried to implement that was made by a company named Shadow. Now, pub this whole caucusing thing is about public transparency. So the idea that you're going to hire a company named Shadow to create an app to aggregate your 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 polling results. It's crazy to me. And it's just like, I, yeah, I don't know what's in a name. I don't know. But I'll tell you this much. If your doctor comes up to you and says, hey, I'm Dr. Molest Me, OBGYN, you probably should just choose another fucking doctor. He's probably, you're yeah, probably, the writing's on the wall. Sounds pretty fair. 
why would you get a a company that makes campaign software named Shadow that is contributed to, by the way, by the members of the that are participating in your caucus? The members of the people who you're voting for in the caucus are the ones who buy stuff from Shadow because they create campaigning software. So funny. why the fuck you would go to them to fucking make an app for aggregating polling data doesn't make sense. They don't have the they don't have the credibility to do that. I wonder who owns Shadow and how old oh, it's Shadow a Hillary Clinton is. staffer. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. And so they just totally fucked that. And how do they fuck that? The app somehow, I guess, didn't function right, didn't aggregate the data right, and didn't. Uh, so they weren't able to report it for like another eighteen hours after when it was supposed to be reported, and even then it was just a partial report. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg has already claimed victory in Iowa and left on. Victory. Now, mind you, he's also one of the largest purchasers of of of. Um, various products from this company and i mean it's just so obvious it's so fucking obvious what they're doing it's so obvious that they're trying to steal this from bernie again and i'm telling you man they're just they're just driving more and more people away they're driving more and more people away and the dnc man let me tell you they are the worst and i don't i'm not i'm not participating in partisan politics anymore i'll vote for bernie or i'll vote for andrew yang but I will not participate in partisan politics, nor will I abide by anyone telling me about their partisan politics because it's bullshit. The individuals don't fucking know shit. They're sitting there talking about ideals of the Democratic Party that the Democratic Party doesn't believe. AOC believes them. I'll vote for, for anything that AOC is on. I'm only voting for politicians who show me a fucking vested interest in my well-being. How about that? I've been saying that Because there's ages. politicians who have shown that. Who, who have done a great job of showing that. Andrew Yang has done a great job of showing that he gives a fuck about me. Like, he might not know who I am right now, but if I were to come across him, he would be able, he would be able to find the energy to care. I can't say that about Joe Biden. I mean, he'll give you a note with his talking points. Damn. He'll with your, the note with the talking points, He'll straighten your jacket for you, you know what I mean? Bro. Tell you to vote he'll for somebody. He'll aggressively lean for you, <laughs> forward and tell you nobody said that. <laughs> Hey, man, go vote for somebody else and get the fuck up out of my face. No, man. That guy is so cantankerous. But, yeah, it's like, uh, so, first of all, caucusing's got to go. I, it's not functional anymore. It's not functional. If, if, if they're not savvy enough to get this done and know that they should have tested this app two days ago, like the fact that this is this is their dry run just shows me that they're just incapable. It's you my know, first day. I know. It's like, how the fuck? <laughs> Is this your first time ever using never, an app as well? What's a caucus? I've never done this before. I'm, I, wait, I'm in charge of that? Bro. Uh, and so it, it, just more and more uh, evidence is mounting as to why they should not be the first state to vote. And they should also not be uh, utilizing the caucus format anymore because it's stupid. And they are not good at it, even after however many decades they've been doing it. So, yeah. Nobody could have known how hard caucusing is. <laughs> I saw what you did there. <laughs> Fire for that money in our hard caucus. <laughs> We're not talking about no one hard caucus. None yeah. of that. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up today, okay? If you guys really are inclined, follow me on Twitter at, at Home Heron, I think. 
Subscribe but, uh, to the um, yeah. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, man. We out here on Spotify. I mean, you probably listen to on Spotify, but we on <laughs> your um all your streaming services. You know what I mean? Give us a listen. Yeah, yeah, definitely check out um Anchor FM. You could get a link to to a lot of other uh, platforms that we're we're available on too. If you don't like to use that, also um uh, Apple Podcasts, you can find us. So yeah, love that. Love we that. out you. Yeah. So you guys uh. Guys, and hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, always remember, time is only wasted. If you choose to waste it, learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly do learn from. Thank you for joining us and have a great time. Peace. Take it easy.